0: This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio.
0: At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710 710.
2: Oh, hello and welcome aboard the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington. Today, the world. I am Paul Gallant and it is Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday, April 23rd of 2021. And your Seattle Mariners are tied for the most wins in the American League with 12 after a 7 to 3 dramatic and strange victory over the also 12 win Boston Red Sox last night at Fenway Park. I have takes on the matter, but first I want to relive some of last night's moments. This game looked dicey at times for the Mariners. I mean they were getting no hit until the 6th inning. I was about to tweet out at one point something snarky on brand with my, you know, sense of humor. A picture of Jared Kelnick looking forlornly at something in front of him, and I was going to write mood, basically an implication that, yeah, I'd like to see Jared Kelnick in this lineup that is getting no hit by some guy that I had never heard of. That's the Boston Red Sox pitcher. And then, after a couple of walks,
0: this happened. Pavetta set and the 2-2 to France. Breaking ball, swing on, line drive, left field, over the head of the left fielder. Crawford will score easily. Hanniger in high gear, he comes around. Here's a throw to the plate. It will be cut off by the pitcher. They got France hung up between second and third, but he'll yield. Gives a fist bump to Devers. He gets the job done, ties the score, 2-2. What a big spot here in the sixth inning. Ty France coming
2: up large again for the Mariners. What a roller coaster ride it is for this team. They go from looking completely inept offensively to all of a sudden tying the game, and they got a little help from the defense because uh, Franchi Cordero there misplayed that ball in left field. Fenway Park, it's got a weird wall in left field that's super high. That left field area, it's not a lot of ground to cover. So, terrible job by Franchi Cordero. Guess what? A little bit later, it's the 10th inning, and the Mariners in a tie game, got to a tie because of an error by the Boston Red Sox in the 8th inning. Get another assist from old Franchi Cordero and a surprising hit from a guy that you wouldn't expect. Hernandez to the
0: plate. Breaking ball. Swing on line drive. Left field. Over the head of the left fielder Cordero. White will score. Mariners have a 4-3 lead. Sam Haggerty slides in
2: with an RBI double. And then it was all wrapped up with Mitch Hanniger continuing an impressive start and return to the Mariners. He goes yard, and I mean, he hit that ball to the deepest possible part of Fenway Park.
0: 0-2 oh, pitch, swung on, sent to deep center field towards the triangle. That baby's carrying out of here. A three-run check by Mitch Hanniger. 7-3 Seattle. Got it on an 0-2 pitch and drove it out. What a big cushion now. 7-3 Mariners in the top of the
2: 10th. In an extra inning game where the Mariners had three hits, they end up running away with it. A 7-3 victory over the also 12-win Boston Red Sox last night. With all due respect to our friend Robert in Kirkland, who called in yesterday, still expressing frustration with the Mariners for the sins of the past. If you're not enjoying this, I don't know what to tell you. And that's where I find myself in a weird predicament. As a fan of sports, but I would say among sports, baseball's probably my least favorite of the major American professional sports. Football's way at the top, basketball's in the middle, and baseball, uh, it's down. This is the most fun that I've had watching April baseball in I can't remember how long. And I don't know why, because it's not like the Mariners are clubbing the baseball or anything like that. You've had some nice performances occasionally from the starting pitching, like at the beginning of last night's game from Justin Dunn, from Yusei Kikuchi, but, you know, it's, it's been up and down. The talk show host in me, the worst cynical, skeptical part of me, is bewildered in an excited fashion, because last night the Mariners won a game where they were no hit for nearly six innings, where they had three hits. That's it. Two of which came due to Franchi Cordero taking awful angles on the baseball. Yeah, that hit by Haggerty, that hit by Ty France might have gone over his head. They were smacked. Whatever the case, they were assisted by old Franchi. And, I mean, even to get to extra innings, they needed an error. And it's another walk-on performance where the Mariners have seven walks over the course of the game. Rallying from two deficits before pouring it on in the ninth inning. They won this game, a game at times that they looked like they had no business winning, which has been a theme thus far with this team. So I don't know how the heck I balance the sports fan and the talk show skeptic here because it does feel like there's some sort of divine intervention going on right now. And that leads me to the Paul Galancho question of the day. They're 12-7. and 7. This is awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Again, if you're going to rain on this parade, mm-hmm. Wait until things fall back to earth, okay? Wait. But what about this start is most sustainable, and what about this start is least sustainable? And I asked that question on Twitter, at Galant Says. I also asked that question on Facebook, facebook.com, slash Paul Sports, and you can answer it on the text line at seven ten seven ten. Laura answers, most sustainable, the pitching. The least sustainable, per Mariner's history, are the runs. So I'm assuming that you can't win games if you're scoring this few runs. I mean, yeah, that's if you do simple math, if you score more runs than the other team, generally you end up winning. Most people have had a similar answer. Most sustainable, the defense. The defense, you don't have any questions about it. Evan White at first base, I have questions about his bat. I don't have questions about his glove. Kyle Seeger, tremendous at third base. In the outfield, you feel pretty good about Mitch Hanniger out there. Kyle Lewis showed at times last year that he's a plus fielder. You got a lot of guys out there right now that actually are pretty good in the field. J.P. Crawford, Marco Gonzalez when he's on the mound. But then, least sustainable. Most people, I think, would agree that the bullpen start thus far. There's no way they can keep this up, right? Or maybe they're just this good. Because in last night's game, after... A weird start by Justin Dunn. I mean, he starts off the game, blows away the first three Red Sox batters. This is one of the best lineups in baseball. He opened the game like that at Fenway Park. It's not like it's the loudest Fenway Park. Still, it's Fenway Park. It's an intimidating environment, I would imagine, for a lot of pitchers just because of the venue that it is. And he just cruises through that first. But then afterwards, I mean, he found himself in some dicey situations. He was able to work through them. But you find yourself with your starting pitcher out of the game After five, Will Vest, Kendall Graveman, Rafael Montero, and Mizowitz combined for four innings. with No hits and just one walk. Along the way also, four strikeouts. The bullpen stepped in, and it has been consistently stepping in. And now when you're seeing it take place, the bullpen performing against a, a bit of an undermanned Astros team, the Dodgers. And now on top of that, a Boston Red Sox lineup that has been crushing the ball. Maybe this bullpen is sustainable. So you guys get to answer me that question today. What is most sustainable for this Mariners start? What is least sustainable for this Mariners start? 710 710 is the text line. Acalon says on Twitter, it's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington. Nay, the world. We will work your text in in a moment. But right now it's 1010. 10. It's time for what's trending brought to you by Kings Heating and Air with Maura Dooley. Good morning, afternoon, Mora. How are you? Hello, hello.
1: I'm good. How are you?
2: I am wonderful. It's a Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. I got my ridiculous tropical shirt on. Uh, today we are wearing flamingos. They look great. I also have matching flamingo socks. Yes, I'm that guy. I look like the broiest bro that I possibly could.
1: You didn't even start work this week until Thursday. You're not allowed to be so excited for Friday.
2: <sighs> That's... Erroneous. I disagree. <laughs> this was essentially like I was working after a holiday week. It's almost like reverse Thanksgiving week, right? Where you don't work on Thursday and Friday, but you work probably the rest of the week. I decided to go about it the other way. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and a slow glide into the end of the week. So, yeah, I'm very chipper right now. And the Mariners keep winning.
1: All right, I'm, I'm going to throw you a curveball for this first one because we, you were talking about the bullpen and we didn't get to this sound yet, but Scott Service talked a little bit last night about why they're getting that consistency from the bullpen. It does
0: look the same every night. I like the look of it, Corey. (laughs) They're very aggressive. Uh, It's a mindset uh, and the fact that they can trust their stuff. Uh, The catchers are doing a really good job of of throwing the right pitches as far as like, let's go to these guys' strengths and not try to reinvent the wheel out there um, in the course of a game based on
2: who's in the batter's box. And uh, as long as we stick with that, I think the results are going pretty good. They also play
0: good defense behind him, so they know if they if the ball gets put in play, there's a good chance they're gonna put leather on it somewhere and make a play. So it's huge. You know, that's how you win ball games late.
2: Jerry DePoto has told us when he joins us every single Thursday at eight thirty on the Danny and Galat show that the Mariners approach has always been about consistently painting the strike zone and, and now it's about dominating the strike zone. They are so good, whether they're sitting at home plate with a bat in their hand or on the mound at Just the strike zone. And, yeah, you have some umpires who vary in terms of their ability to see the strike zone. I know there was some uh, frustration last night over Bill Miller's perception of what a strike zone is and isn't. Not just for the Mariners, but also for the Red Sox. But they've done a really good job of that thus far. And this bullpen, remember how bad it was last year. Whatever the case, whatever happens going forward, it is not going to be that that is a massive victory considering you did not invest big resources into the bullpen this year. In fact, you took a situation with Kendall Graveman, a guy that you looked at as probably one of your better starters as far as over the last couple of seasons, where let's be honest, the starting rotation didn't have a whole lot of arms that you could look at and say, Oh yeah. I mean, this guy's going to be here when they turn the corner. They have found a way to turn a situation where, I mean, the guy had a tumor in his back essentially to turning him now into a reliever who is right now pitching like the best reliever in baseball and that's not an exaggeration his walks hit inning pitched right now it's like 0. 0.36 that is insane I think he's allowed what one hit two walks or vice versa along the way it's been incredible and I- I'm really happy that we got to have him on to open up the season
1: he was such a good interview, but yeah, you, uh, I tweeted this out last night. You don't have to hold your breath when he comes in. And I think we're pretty used to doing that with most. Yes. Movie pictures.
2: Yes. Like in a really sad way, more where we're like resigned to the fact that the worst is about to happen. I now feel like I could get up for myself, um, a coffee cause I drink coffee late at night or something like that. <laughs> and I will be fine. I will not miss anything.
1: Yeah. Also, shout out to Will Vest, another guy, like you said, they did yeah. a, handle, a rule five pick. He's mm-hmm. out there killing it.
2: Guys who join our shows, mm,
1: a lot of success coming no, out of the bullpen. There might be something to that. Yeah. I, I think uh, Montero needs to come on.
2: <laughs> Mariners, have, <laughs> help us out. <laughs> Bring him on the show. Okay, uh, next up, Mora.
1: The Seahawks are bringing back backup quarterback Geno Smith for the 2021
2: season. So, this is – a slightly irrational take that has turned out to be true. When I was in college, I was of the belief that Geno Smith was tremendously overrated. And it's really because of two performances that he had against Syracuse where he played poorly and looked very just shaken during those victories. That is a long time ago. I mean, that's over 10 years ago. And I, I think it's important to note because a lot of people bring up the Ike and Impelle, uh moment that he has grown, I think, tremendously as a person since then. And, and who wouldn't? I mean, that's that's a, that's a strange moment for anyone over the course of their career. And it was over $600, about a flight. I feel for Geno Smith in that Ryan Fitzpatrick stepped in and had the opportunity that Geno Smith, I think, thought he might have with that Jets team and was able to lead them to a playoff year. To Geno Smith's credit, he's still in the league. I think he can do better at backup quarterback. And I do feel like with Russell Wilson and the durability that he has shown, I hate to say it, at some point, he is going to miss a game. It's just a, 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 a fact with the way that he gets hit. It's, it's going to happen at some point, and I'd like to have a better backup. And I know there's an argument to be made. Well, I mean, you don't want to invest too much money in the backup. No, I'm with you there, but I would like to have guys that I can develop behind Russell Wilson, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe the Seahawks feel like they can't do that without perhaps alienating Ross. I would not advise them to do it this year. This is more a statement about, hey, the last couple of years. What's the harm in drafting a backup quarterback in the fourth, the third, the second round? The Patriots did it. I guess Tom Brady left because of that eventually. But I don't think it's all, I don't think it's a bad idea to at least look for backup quarterbacks that you could maybe eventually trade for assets down the line. I think you should always, you should always be looking for quarterbacks in this league. You never know if you're going to stumble into a great one, even if you do have a great one. That was What's Trending with Mora Dooley. Again, brought to you by King's Heating A- and Air. This hour of the Paul Gallant show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. And this, again, is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington. Nay, the world. 710-710 is the text line. And if you want to try to match Robert and Kirkland's enthusiasm yesterday, 206-421-3776 is how you call in. The question I have for you. The Mariners are twelve and seven. What is most sustainable and least sustainable about this surprising start? Again, two oh six four two one three seven seven six. It's time for you guys to be heard. Your voice,
0: your opinions. It's time to be heard. Be heard. Every day at ten fifteen with Paul Gallant, be heard. Seven ten, seven
2: ten. Okay, here we go. We got a Robert in Kirkland. We have some of you misers out there that are Looking at this and perhaps expecting the floor to fall out—is that the saying, the sky to fall? And again, I don't blame you. I'm not. I'm not going to shame anyone who has that opinion. I, I. I think that is something that over 20 years, or the many years before that, that the Mariners existed. 20 years before, I. I, I kind of get it. But this texter says 710, 710. Welcome to Seattle baseball. April is typically way more fun than August. Enjoy it before the crash and burn. Well, yeah, I think we. We go to 2019, and that's that's very accurate. That is accurate. But this is different. This team does feel, I think, a lot different than that team. And, and, and honestly, I would even say last year's team. And last year's team was frisky. Text in, 710710. Oh, my goodness. You guys are the worst. It's Friday. Be happy. Least sustainable is winning. <laughs> Come on. Another text, the most sustainable is the game management that Scott Service is doing. The least sustainable is the comfort behind wins. The comfort behind wins have been fun, but I'm with you there. You keep on doing this over and over again. This is difficult. 206-421-3776. We've got Sean in Centralia. Sean wants to talk with Kendall Graveman. Sean, what's going on, man? Did you
0: see, did you see his last two strikeouts yesterday? <laughs> yeah. The one where he hit the guy in his back leg and he swung at it. Yeah, him.
2: that was Marvin Gonzalez, right? I mean, yeah, look, yep. if that, you got you got to feel like a total idiot if you swing and you strike out on a so, pitch that you get that hit in the did leg.
0: Did you see the next strikeout? It was so high and inside that he could have easily been hit with that one if he hadn't. Uh, Whoa. If, you know, with the strikeout, he swung at that one. So are
2: you, a, are you a Kendall Graveman denier?
0: No. I Actually, I just <laughs> thought it was funnier than hell. And, but my I will agree with that last person's comment that you read, or the second to last, when you, he said the least sustainable is win. I mm. think he's correct. Only he or she is correct in as far as if you think all of the other things are least sustainable, like their lack of hitting, their lack of getting deep in the game with the starters, uh, if you think all of those things are least sustainable and if you think they come from behind winds and the way they're coming from behind look at yesterday the airs or even when they weren't theirs, yeah. kind of you know if you think all those things are least sustainable, then it is fair to think that the winds are least sustainable uh, i I'm enjoying the winds so I'm not being a negative man no you
2: you're you're describing it perfectly sean and and I, I I appreciate the phone call here that that is correct I mean, do we expect the bullpen to be dominant like this? I don't know. You should not expect errors like you got last night. They were very kind to. Uh, his name just boggles my mind. It's it's it's, it's not France. Francie, what? Like what is that short for? French? Like do you like to combine French dressing with ranch? Isn't that sort of the same thing? I I, I don't know. French is. Franchi, Franchi is a weird, strange name, and I am i guess I'm too lazy to look up the, why that name came to be. But, yeah, he, he misplayed those two balls. What I do think is sustainable, weirdly, though, is the, the walks that they are drawing. I, I don't know what it is, but it's as if they have, you know, if you're a pilot, you have a heads-up display. And, and they're trying to introduce these to cars. It is almost as if these players have <laughs> heads-up displays as far as what the strike zone is so that they can see it. And look, these umpires, they do don't—they de- definitely don't have it. But it's almost as if they are fighter pilots and they have a heads-up display and they can just see, hey, look, this is where the strike zone is as a batter. This is where the strike zone is as a pitcher. And yeah, they're striking out a lot, and I think that is more a reflection of some of the guys' inability to make contact with the baseball. But i am I'm-, I'm really impressed by just how aware they are of the strike zone. That's that's a skill that takes time, I would imagine, to learn and to also just be disciplined enough to sit back. They don't win that game if they don't sit back. They sat back in the sixth inning instead of pressing. And, I mean, there's two outs. Why wouldn't you press? You know? You're down 2 nothing. You're getting no hit. You got to do something. They sat back. You get two guys on base. Next thing you know, it's Ty France. And Ty France is lobbing it over old Franchi. Franchi's a strange name. I'm going to need to look this up. I'm sorry. Why? Franchi Cordero, why is your name what your name is? The question for you again on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington of the world. What is most sustainable and least sustainable for the 12 and 7 Mariners? Let's go back to the phones at 206-421-3776. It's Joseph in Tacoma. Joseph, what's up?
0: Morning, Paul. How are you? So, uh, least sustainable would probably be the number of wins Mariners have already gotten with five or fewer hits. Okay, so not a handful yeah. of them already. That's yeah,
2: not sustainable, right? I mean, you got one against, I think you had one against the Giants, or at least it felt that way.
0: But so, I, but I do have a quick question for you, though. It talks too. yep, go ahead. What is going on in that dugout in the bottom of the fifth inning? I don't know what it is they're snacking on or what flavor <laughs> of Gatorade that, that that's what they're drinking, but whatever it is, the sixth inning on, it's just a wild game. Everything is different, starting with the sixth inning. It's bizarre, I w- Joseph. I would really want to know what's going on in the bottom of that fifth inning where everything just seems to change.
2: Yeah, it's it's really strange, Joseph, and I appreciate the phone call. And this sort of led to a conversation that Danny and I had uh, this morning about just the notion of clutch, what makes clutch, does clutch even exist, that they have been so good and calm and collected in those last couple of innings. I don't know what it is. And, yeah, I don't know if it's the, there's some sort of Gatorade that they're drinking or something along those lines, but something is up. And I, you got to give them a lot of credit. And, and you know, I think last year, if, for those who weren't watching last year, I think the way that they played last year has a lot to do with what we are seeing. Because last year, they were here. They they were they were hanging around in a lot of those games in the eighth, the ninth innings. The bullpen just couldn't hold up its end of the bargain. Now the bullpen is. It's hard for me to believe that that can continue. But of all the things that we have seen thus far, the evidence that we have seen is, I think, the most believable when it comes to the bullpen. We're going to talk more about this with 710sports.com Mariners beat reporter Shannon Dreyer. What is most sustainable, what is least sustainable about this Seattle Mariners start? Text them in, 710-710. And if you've got a question for Shannon, text it in. We could probably ask her if there's something going on in the dugout in the sixth inning. It's the Paul Galancho, 710 ESPN Seattle. It's
0: 1030. And that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down. And if you don't have some frickin' toughness, you're going to get your, you're going to fail. with all go on.
2: And right now to the Issaquah Pest Control Hotline we go to speak with the one and only Shannon Dreher, our Mariners beat reporter for 710sports.com. Shannon, this has been such a fun start. And last night, I mean, just on brand as far as being a completely ridiculous outcome that at times looked like it was impending disaster that sort of show that they might need an extra bat in the lineup. Like, I don't know, Jared Kalman. (laughs) You're still
3: on that one, aren't you? Oh, yeah.
2: I'm never going to give up. Look, I know it's going to come eventually, but I'm an impatient millennial. I can't help myself.
3: Well, uh, he will be up at some point. I do guarantee that, so you can feel good about that. Yeah, last night was, uh, I think if there have been some ridiculous wins by this team, I think last night just progresses right into the absurd. When you think about that they were being no hit for the better part of six innings. And then they score seven runs on three hits to beat the Red Sox at Fenway. Um, I, I think a, a term that I would use for it was absolutely silly.
2: <laughs> it really has been. And I mean, you even got some help in left field from a Red Sox left fielder. We, we we went back and forth on this last night. I mean, Manny Ramirez was able to sort of successfully play that field. Franchi Cordero, yikes. Uh, both of those angles that he took, I'm not going to say that they were errors because both Haggerty and Ty France smacked those doubles But uh, you got help from him. You got a throwing error. Seven walks again where this team is able to create rallies through walks. It has been something that we have seen enough times to the point where I am wondering if there is something that this team is developing along the way. I know the clutch word is an abstract one, but they do seem to be significantly more confident in these games where they have their backs against the wall.
3: Well, I'm sure they're picking up something from that. But, I mean, you talk about the walks, and and what it is is it's patience and it's process. And, you know, you want more offense, but I think you need to see where this is going with what they're doing with the offense, and there is some rhyme and reason to what they're doing. When you look at their plate appearances, when you look at the number of pitches that they see, uh, that has impact on the game. And if they can't get to a guy early, they can perhaps get him out, wear him down, make him make a mistake at some point, bring in the bullpen, and they're ready to go. And uh, I, I think that they, in large part, aren't being always rewarded
4: for the patience that they're showing at the plate. And to be clear, this patience in the approach. That they are using, it's not that they're trying to take walks. They're being patient, trying to get their pitch to hit. And you've seen actually a good amount of discipline with a number of hitters throughout the lineup in that regard. And and I think that that in part is leading to why you were seeing what you're seeing in the late wins. And of course the bullpen being able to hold things down on their end has been absolutely instrumental to it. But I'm really curious to see where this leads because the approach
3: is pretty advanced for a lot of guys. I don't think that they've been completely paid off for this approach and they have been doing it well, enduring the toughest schedule in MLB right now. Yeah. So I think that you know it's part of the. Me- there's a method to the madness.
2: Three recent World Series champions in a row, and yeah, they are holding their own and then some. The question, Shannon Dreyer with us on the Issaquah Pest Control Hotline, Mariners Pete Reporter, seven ten sports dot com, about what's most sustainable about what we've seen thus far, and what's least sustainable, and the one that I'm most curious about, Shannon, is the bullpen because last year, oh boy, at times it was quite suspect. This year we have seen some tremendous performances from Kendall Graveman, who did have some very bizarre strikeouts last night, but still was able to get through yet another scoreless inning. Is what the bullpen's doing sustainable? And is this the actual strength of the team right now?
3: Well, I don't think you can compare it to last year's bullpen. It's not last year's bullpen. These are different relievers, almost one through eight. So it's, you know, I think we need to put bullpens past out of our minds and it's not easy because there have been nightmares but what really gets me when you look at this pen is part of the bullpen nightmare of the past is you know, you'd sit up in the press box and you'd look over the bullpen roster and think, "Who can he go to?
1: you know who's
3: available and who does he trust what's got service in game and this year literally one through eight, he trusts all of them in the right situation and and that that is good, and I don't see guys falling off of a cliff. Now what they don't do and if you look at the bullpen numbers, they are, you know, top 3 for the season in most categories. If you take it back to the night the Paxton went out and their numbers are skewed a little bit because LJ Newsom had to come in cold and pitch extended innings, they've actually been the best bullpen in baseball <laughs> uh for for a few weeks right now. Um the thing that I'm kind of curious to see is they've done all of this with having the lowest strikeout rate for any bullpen and mm. you do want to have some strikeout ability. And I'm not saying that they don't, we've seen Kendall Graveman get some pretty dramatic strikeouts when, when a ball is hits you in the knee and you swing at it. Uh, he's got some
4: stuff and Montero certainly has the ability to strike hitters out as well. So that kind of that part I'm, I'm interested to see, are they going to be the best bullpen in baseball all year? I doubt it. Are they going to be a good bullpen all year? I think they definitely have a chance to do that. So you know, for me, I, I think that um, I, I don't see them falling off of a cliff.
2: Baseball is really strange, some of the things that you, you end up seeing over the beginning of a year. And, of course, we've seen so many bizarre things thus far from the Mariners. But but something that I feel like is on brand, just given what we've always heard from Jerry Depoto talking about the way that his pitchers pitch, is their command of the strike zone. But I, I'd also point to the hitters. And while the hitters maybe struggle with contact, there seems to be something, Shannon, about this team and it's grasp of the strike zone that really stands out. I mean, they, the walks that they draw in this game, and you would think, like, it's the sixth inning. You're getting no hit that a young team might start to press at the plate. And yet they sit back, they get two guys on, and the next thing you know, it's a tie game.
3: Yeah, and I don't think you know again that they're trying to to get the walks. I think that it is it's the plate appearances and then the maturity that they have in those plate appearances. And I, I think that you know when you look at their walk rates, uh, they've uh, for the large part some pretty pretty decent, but they still are uh, striking out quite a bit, particularly some of the younger hitters in this lineup right now. So uh, I think that there is a, a patience that they have and the walks are great but at some point you do want those to turn into hits and I do think that we are starting to see kind of track this every day and if you look back to the beginning of the season uh, they were right at the bottom in strikeouts and they're starting to make a little bit of a climb there it's still very back and forth. strikeouts normalize very quickly so you're going to figure out a little bit more of what they are uh, by the end of the month I would say in that regard but uh, having that eye and being able to take that walk It is good, but at the same time, in staying in that approach, I think you do have some hitters that are missing their pitches, and that's the key. You want them to get to the point where – they are swinging at that pitch in the middle of the plate or that's in a favorable zone for them. Dylan Moore is, is I think, a prime example of that. Uh, He was good on the fastball last year. That was the key to his success last year. He's not pulling the trigger this year. And and that, you know, you want them to not be too ingrained in. I've got to see this many pitches or maybe my better pitch is around the bend. And that's a balance. A lot of these guys haven't seen a ton of major league pitching. So uh, I I think at, at some point you do want to see them you know, taking that patience and paying it off with not missing those pitches.
2: One last question, Shannon. This is the listener question of the day, and this was asked by Joseph in Tacoma. Is there something that is being drank or eaten or consumed in the dugout that is allowing the Mariners to do what they could do from the sixth inning on?
4: Um, well, I, I think there's one thing at this point. I mean, when you have seven comeback wins in in the season, in a young season like that, I, I think there is some belief right now. I think there mm. is definitely confidence in, in your teammate in, in the batting order, uh, one through nine, and whoever's on the bench, hello, Sam Haggerty. So I, I think in doing it against the competition that you've been doing it against, and I, I think that definitely is Part of it, and just you know, it's funny to look up, and you're right. You, you see so many times crooked numbers
3: after inning six, and that's not normal, but that's what they are doing right now, and that's gonna, I think, become a little part of their 2021 DNA. And to see that early, that's good for them. But um, you know, part of it is is that they are favorable against relievers and the stuff that they have, and I, I think that that helps as well. But I, I think the biggest thing right now is that they've shown that they can do it, and they have a lot of confidence.
2: Shannon Dreyer, everybody, 710sports.com, covering every single moment of this roller coaster ride. Enjoy the rest of the series in Boston, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Shannon. All right, Paul. The one and only Shannon Dreyer. Up next on The Paul Gallant Show, we're going to continue this. What's most sustainable about this Mariner's start? What's least sustainable about this Mariner's start? Some interesting responses, and also, what what. You know, we, we, we had this conversation yesterday. What is it going to take for the people that are like, oh, oh it's going to get bad at some point? All you Eeyores, what's it going to take for you to, I don't know, have a little sunshine in your step? It's the Paul Galancho, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington. Nay, the world. Next, 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: You're listening to Paul Gallant.
3: Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio.
0: Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle.
2: It is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, in Washington, nay, the world. 206-421-3776 is how you call in, text in 710 seven ten seven ten. Tweet at Gallant says, the question of the day, what's sustainable, what isn't when it comes to this Mariner squad? 12 and 7, baby. It's good for, you know. Most wins in the American League, at least tied with the Boston Red Sox, tied with the Oakland Aprilers, who, of course, are in the midst of a long winning streak, which is happening at a completely inconsequential time. Very on brand with the Oakland A's, who have done nothing of note for years and years and years. And, yeah, I'm going to dump on that team as much as I can, even though I probably can't give them that the Mariners' history ain't too bright over the last couple of years. Some texts in at 7-10, 7-10. Most sustainable is the defense. And I think we should all be in agreement. That most sustainable is the defense, assuming that the lineup stays the same. I don't know that the lineup should stay the same. I do wonder about first base with Evan White if the struggles continue. I wonder about shortstop with J.P. Crawford because I think he's got a good glove. I'm I'm still wondering if they can do better as far as bats in that spot. Again, shortstop is a pretty critical defensive position, so I understand why they would stick with him. But eh, it's not great when your entire infield is... Suspect.
1: You want to get rid of both golden glovers from last year.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so.
1: When you combine what you said yesterday. I want the power. I want the power more. I don't know why I said golden. But... Go- well golden sounds
2: fancier. Yeah. The golden glover. But
1: you just want to wipe those both out. Because I... you want more bats.
2: I I, I I only care about bats. Yes. And perhaps <laughs> that's stupid. But uh yeah, that's 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 sort of where I'm at, Mora. And yeah, maybe I need to maybe I need to reevaluate that take. Uh <laughs> As the text continues, uh, everything else is suspect. Even with a sixth man rotation, they're having trouble getting past the fifth or the sixth inning starts. Pause for a second. That's all in baseball. I mean, did we not see that in the World Series, right? I mean, you got what a Cy Young Award winner and Blake Snell on the mound, and 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 the Rays pull the guy out. Like no one, no one's going past five or six these days. It's like very rare that you're going to see that, and. I, I think you have to take that with a grain of salt. That's not happening. Because it's not happening elsewhere, too. It's frustrating. I, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, the texture continues. Did you watch Kendall Gravens two strikeouts? Not the first person that's brought that up this morning. I mean, they were, as Shannon pointed out, it was filthy stuff. Shannon Dreyer, who was just on with us. You can't consistently win offensively with so few hits and hitters at or below 200. This texture does wrap it up by saying, still enjoying the start nonetheless. And we all are. It's just weird. I mean, I... I I'm having a great time watching it. And that's the sports fan in me. And the sports talk show host is like, wait, what? No, this doesn't make sense. How are they scoring seven runs with three hits? I guess seven walks? Is that going to happen every single game? <laughs> it's just strange. Another text. Most sustainable chemistry and a team full of young, hungry players. Lack of any divas on the roster. No high-profile player with a you owe me mentality. Unsustainable is the lacking of bats. Jesse, very rosy picture that you paint, but I think a accurate one. And I don't want to make too much of an individual snapshot over the course of this long season, but seeing Taylor Trammell's punch dance that Danny reenacted this morning on Danny and Galan, if you were watching on the web stream, that was a fun moment. And I mean, the, the joy that he shows, it's great. I, sometimes baseball players are a little too stoic. You know, oh, you are got to trot around the bases like you're paying your taxes. I mean, smile. Is that hard? I smile when I'm angry. That's probably weird.
1: You would have loved being here for Edwin Encarnacion and his parrot.
2: Whoa, what? Wait. Whoa.
1: He always did this like uh, parrot on his shoulder thing when he hit a home run. And
2: oh, oh. oh, okay. I was like, does he have a parrot in the dugout? No. I mean, that would be the best dugout accessory. I'm the guy that has to pair it on my shoulder.
1: I think he did it enough that eventually there was a stuffed one.
2: Oh, a stuffed one. Okay. I saw a rabbit at a I'm, ballpark don't last Eto night. I would
1: allow them to have a real one.
2: Yeah, probably not. But th- <laughs> did you see? There was a randomly a rabbit at a baseball game last night.
1: Yeah, apparently it was a therapy pet. I've never heard of a, a rabbit as a therapy What? A therapy, therapy pet.
2: rabbit? Oh, my God. People. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, look. I, and I, I'm, I may or may not know people who had dogs that they claimed were service dogs so that they can go on airlines. And I get that because I, I would also feel uncomfortable with the idea of putting my dog, if I had a dog underneath the plane uh, over the course of a flight and yes i'm a cat guy but i love dogs but we've gotten out of control with the service animal thing a service rabbit what are you gonna do you like pet it
1: They said she lost her small cafe uh during covid and uh the bunny helps her deal with the anxiety and stress of no longer having her main source of income
2: Okay, like that story is sad, but again, it's a bunny. It, it's an odd choice, right? Yes, I get
1: it. It's a, it's a. I'm gonna bring a bunny into I mean, the ballpark. Well, in every, I don't know, maybe it's just because I was a kid, but we have one when I was a kid. I always remember them like wanting to get away and hop away. I'm surprised, yeah. that, thing, I'm surprised that thing was so calm, right? Just, just being cuddly and sitting there through a whole baseball game.
2: I tried to pet a bunny once, and it like attacked me with its paws. It was very strange. <laughs> I do not have the touch with rabbits. Seven ten seven ten. This might be the text of the day. Least sustainable is our winning record. Most sustainable, this is hateful, is Evan White's inability to hit a baseball. And this text continues, wrapping up by saying, this is fun, but I'm hoping we keep our eye on 2022 and avoid rushing our farm system for gumdrop fairies and rainbows, which I'd imagine would be a push towards a postseason appearance. I'm with you there. I, 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 don't, think, I don't think you risk the process um, for the sake of 2021. Uh, 7, 10 7 10. Paul now has lost my respect by saying he wants to get rid of Evan White. He is the best glove on the team and one of the best gloves you will ever see at first base. Paul's comment is stupid. He can't hit! That's a pretty big part of this. How often is a ball going to you at first base? It's not very often. How often is a ball being thrown to first base? Yeah, that happens a lot. You do want to have a guy who can scoop and all that. But you also want to have someone who, I don't know, hits above 200. And not a cr- criticism of Evan White, the person but the bat is not working out right now and you made a big investment in him if he's going to not hit at least hit like the occasional home run i'll take him batting 180 if he's got four home runs or something like that right now i don't want to end on a on a on a negative note it's a lot of fun what the Mariners are doing. And, of course, you can hear all the games right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. How
1: about most sustainable, Taylor Trammell being super likable?
2: Yes, this is, this is, this is very true.
1: It'll, I don't think that's going to end anytime soon.
2: No, I don't either. I don't either. Thank you very much for that, Mora Dooley. Behind the glass, thank you very much to Mora. Very much to Shannon Dreher, who stopped by as well. To our callers, our texters, and our tweeters. Even the texter who lost all respect for me because I don't want Evan White, who's hitting north, or south of 200. That's a, that's a strange one. I'm going to try to get over that this weekend. So long, farewell. Jake and Stacey are next. Happy Friday, everybody.